And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Wednesday, February 7th, and we are joining you to try to help you make better financial decisions. And maybe you're just listening because you're a voyeur. Instead of listening, which I know everybody loves to do, why don't you give us a holler? Talk about what's going on in your financial life. Anything in the programs that we talk about might be a prompt. And obviously, when we give you advice and you're on the phone, you know, I kind of sort of say, well, it's really that person. It may not be you who's listening. So if you want a little bit more of a, a direct approach, give us a holler. Go to jillonmoney.com, click the Contact Us button. Of course, check that box. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air while you're on the website, bookmark it, because all of our content lives there. So you can be able to see when we put a new blog post up or there's a new video. And, you know, I'm doing a lot more TV, so there's fun stuff in the video section. You can just judge um, my outfits every day. Oh, wait. I have a mother who does that. You don't need to do that. Anyway, today we are very delighted to be joined by Donna, who's on the line from Georgia. Hi, Donna. Hi, Jill. How are you? Doing very well. What brings you to us today? Well, um, <laughs> I, my husband and I have um, been put in a situation where we are taking care of my widowed mother, and I wanted to know if we did everything the right way or if there are things we should change because this is kind of a new development. Okay. Quick questions. The few little basic ones. How old is mom? Mom is 76. She'll be 77 in June. Okay. And how old are you? I am 55. And husband? 54. You guys have kids? Two college boys. Oh boy. And they're taken care of? Like, how's your own financial situation now that, you know, they're good. They're good. Yes. One okay. is graduating in May, so he's about to come off the payroll. <laughs> and the other one has the, um, in Georgia, if you have above a certain GPA and you go to the state school, he goes to the University of Georgia, you go to school for free. <gasps> oh, God, I love your kids. I so love them too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, I mean, of course you'd love them if they were like, well, of course. but I really want to go 
to blank, whatever, fill in the blank. And you'd be like, I love you, but really free is better. So congratulations. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And you and your husband, you guys both working? Um, Yeah, I actually just went back to part time. My husband works full time and um, we're good. I mean, we've got about $2 million saved for retirement and don't plan on retiring for like 10 years and have all of our documents done and all that fun stuff. Okay. So tell me how a, how a very highly responsible adult comes to take care of a 76 year old. So tell us the story. What happened? So, um, when my mom was a a little younger than me, when she was 51, my dad was 56. He died suddenly of a heart attack Mm. and, um, the, yeah, very sad. And he was a great guy and all that, but he, he did his due diligence and he left my mom with about a million dollars, a paid off house and two paid off cars. Okay. Let me just do that again. Left mom with a million dollars, right? She didn't work, right? She did not work. Mm-mm. Okay. So she gets a million bucks, a paid off house, uh, and two cars that are, and two cars paid off. Yeah. And no debt. Uh, and no debt. Okay. And what, like, did dad totally take care of everything? Um, yeah, pr- pretty much. I mean, she, she did like the household budget. Yeah. Like, care of the investments and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so immediately after he died, I hooked her up with, um, a financial advisor that mm-hmm. I knew that took care of, you know, they called him the widow maker because yeah. that's he took care of. Yeah. So he set her up, but she just um, kind of went on a spending spree. She built a new house, oh. got new cars. Um, of course, during the, you know, preceding 10 years, we all started, I have three sisters. We all had kids. So nine grandchildren were born. So there was a lot of like gifting of clothes and, you know, um, she, so she was feeling large. Cause like, Oh, I'm grieving, but also I got a million bucks. I got a paid off house. I'm fine. Yeah. But you're 51. So you're young. Correct. Right? Correct. So the financial advisor could do all he wanted to do. But if she's like, send me 300 grand, you, you Donna don't, or your siblings don't know that that's happening. You know that she built a new house, but did you know that there was a million left over? Um, from- we knew, we knew the, well, I knew the immediate financial situation cause I helped her get through it. Mm-hmm. But then every time she wanted to do something, um, you know, or anytime we talked to her about money, she would get angry and just say, it's my money. It was true because it sounds like you're about to tell me that what happened to the million dollars. So now it is 25 years later. Yes. And Tell me what happened to the million dollars. What's left? She came to me um, early in 2023 at a point where she, you know, kind of opened up her books. Like I kind of forced her. I mean, obviously over the course of all these years, my sisters and I have spoken about it, but again, it's not our life, not our money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very difficult because, and she didn't lose her mind. No. And she, yeah. And you know. Um, so essentially the, the, you know, fast forward 25 years, she was about $35,000 in credit card debt. Oh, she had about $200,000 left. And when her advisor retired, you know, she got bounced around to all these different places and ended up with some young buck at Edward Jones who had that $200,000 in 17 different funds. (laughs) Of course, because 17 is much better than than 13 or 10 or 4. Yep. 
And um, she had a car loan and she was now living in a condo that had a, um, like it was about worth about $375,000. She had about a hundred thousand dollar mortgage on it. So this is early last year. This is early last year. And you must've been so freaked. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, are, are your, so you have three siblings. Is that what you said? I have three siblings. I'm the oldest and I'm the most financially secure. Okay. The other sisters, there's been a couple divorces and a domestic violence situation. Oy. So they're fine on their own, but none of them are really, and we all have college age kids, every single one of us. So yeah, everyone's sandwiched, by, everyone's sandwiched, right? Yeah. And okay. so nobody's really in a position as well as I was to help. Not that I was in the greatest position to help because it was mm. unplanned. So right. initially what I did was... Um, she had about $235,000 in Edward Jones and I took the 35 and paid off all the credit card debt. Great. Smart. Brilliant. What did you, what, what about the car loan? So the car, so this is kind of what I did and I want to know if I did it right or if there's any adjustments I should make. Okay. I gave her the option to stay in her condo in Ohio. It needed a new roof. It was a weird condo cause they, she had to do the roof. It needed a new roof. The bathroom needed to be redone because if she was going to age in place, it was not going to work. Mm. Um, it was just getting older and needed work, but okay. there was no cash to do that work. Mm-hmm. She didn't have enough uh, equity in the house to do a reverse mortgage. And she's not that old. And she's not, yeah, she's not that old. So there's that. Um, and so I said, you decide what you want to do. You can move down here. The cost of living's a little bit less. Mm-hmm. And then I found something called the family opportunity mortgage. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. Okay. So family opportunity mortgage allows you to buy a second property and it's treated as a first property as far as rates and taxes go as your primary residence Yeah. or an elderly, elderly parent that cannot qualify for a mortgage or if you have a disabled adult. Child. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I discovered this. And so what we decided to do was, her options were to stay put and we would try to figure it out or to come down here. And my husband and I would purchase a condo, but she would have to pay the mortgage on it. Cause we couldn't afford to do that. Yeah. But we, I got that. we had the savings to, you know, purchase the condo with 20% down and do the renovations needed. Okay. That sounds good. So does that what she, she had to pick that? Yeah. That's what she picked to do. How much was the condo that you bought the in condo Georgia? condo was $250,000. We put $50,000 da- down. It was, um, it never hit the market because it was in a highly desirable place. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy that lived there had been in a nursing home the past two years and never did any updates. So it was built in 1988. Oh, so yeah, we yeah. had to go in and pretty much got it. We spent about $85,000. Okay. So you put fifty down, you spent eighty five of your own money. And you have a $200,000 mortgage, but not at a great rate. 7.6. Okay. And our house is paid off, so it's so painful. (laughs) Oh, jeez. So painful. Okay, I know. But so so now, just quick question. So mom comes to Georgia. Yes. She had 275 grand in equity. Correct. So where, what is that the money that's left in the 17 funds or is that separately? That's separate. So the, the Edward Jones money I pulled and moved to fidelity. Okay. Good job. Put it in a couple index funds. Perfect. So that's just sitting there. And, and, and wait, I just want to make sure one other thing that's 
a, that's a taxable account. That's not retirement, right? That's a taxable account. Correct. Got it. Okay. Got it. Great. The She cleared about $247,000 or something like that from the sale of the condo once she paid you know, for the real estate fees and all that. Sure. That money, we put. I took $200,000 and put it in. I made a CD uh, letter with $100,000 and the other $100,000 is sitting in a Fidelity money market earning 5%. Okay. 40000 of it, I paid off $20,000 of her car. Of course. And the other 20,000, we, you know, spent moving her down. I let her, let her, but like bought all new furniture, didn't move a lot of her furniture. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Like the little moving that come up. There's about six grand left of that. All right. So let's just put that, let's just put that aside for a second. Most importantly, there is $200,000 of which half of this is a CD ladder, half is in money market. And then there's another 200,000 that is invested in the Fidelity account that is index funds. Correct. So mom has $400,000, thanks to you, by the way, because I'm sure she would have zero if she waited much longer, half of which is cash, which is great. That's exactly what should happen. Okay. Okay. That is, a, you did, you've done an incredible job. What is mom's income right now? Social security and that's it? Or no, pension? It's $1,900 in social security every month. Mm-hmm. And then she gets a small pension, $339 every month. So the way I set it up is my husband and I pull money from that Fidelity cash account every yeah. month and we cover the mortgage, the HOA, her water bill and her electric bill. So she has okay. no bills. She doesn't worry about anything. Good. The rest of the money goes into her personal checking account and I just turn a blind eye to it. Like she <laughs> can do whatever the hell she wants with it. <laughs> She's responsible for her car insurance, getting her hair dyed, her t- cell phone, and, uh, you know, other little groceries and that sort of thing. But, you know, you have essentially taken the bat out of her hands because Correct. you made sure. So she is she a risk for doing this again, like running up credit card? Or do you have now do you have an eye on everything? Well, OK. Yes, she is a risk. And so what I did was when she moved down here, the very first thing we did was switch her. My dad had a trust. So we just switched it all to Georgia and I am the um, financial POA on it. (laughs) Okay. I love you. I love you. You are so good to her. You're saving her. It's a great story. It sucks. But I mean, talk about a role reversal, but my God, how has it been for you guys? Like, I mean, not just like having her move there, which is a lot. Yeah. She, um, she lived with us for three months during renovations. And it. Okay. So it's better than that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> we moved her in and she's doing like, she's doing great. It was tough. It was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was tough. Thank God I have a good husband. Oh, what a, he's a saint. Yeah, he is. Do you, do you feel like she gets it now? Um, she does get it. She does get it. I mean, she cried and, you know, obviously, and she has said thank you many times, but that doesn't change, you know, 50 years of bad spending habits. Well, I'm going to say, I'm not going to go back 50 years, 25 for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so, you know. (laughs) Okay. But, but first of all, kudos to you. 
I just want, is there any time where you thought, how did I not know about this? Like, what could you have done? That's what I'm trying to think. Like, is there a moment where, you know, if you're 50 years old and your spouse drops dead, you're going to be like, I'm on my own. Right. And you were young. And like you said, you were like raising your family and doing your thing. But do you feel like there was ever a point where you had a sense like, hmm, I wonder if everything's okay with mom, where you you might have intervened earlier? Or do you think that was just never going to happen? Listen, the whole time I thought this is a problem. And you did. Yeah. My sisters and I would talk about it, but I lived in Georgia. They all lived in Ohio. I was removed because I was so far away so I could easily shake it off. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I could have come to her earlier. I don't. How much earlier? I don't know. I don't know if she would have. I don't know if it would have made a difference. I know it's very difficult. I have a. I have friends who have gone through this with their parents, where the information is revealed late, and it's like you actually, in a weird way, like thank God she came clean last year, because it could have been zero. It could have been like, oh, I got a reverse mortgage on my condo, and I have no money left, and I have uh, eighty grand in credit card debt, and you would have been left with, I hope you die soon because I don't want to clean this up. It's literally the only way it gets fixed. So to me, you've done a miraculous job, truly a miraculous job. Is it ever, does it look like you're pulling money? So of the cash part of it, so I'm happy, like the Fidelity taxable account invested fine. But of the hundred grand that's in the money market, are you pulling money out of that at all or not? Yes. Uh, we pull $2,100 a month to pay the mortgage and the HOA and her utility bills. And that's just, that's going to be what it's going to be. So that's got, that's why you have to have this money set aside. And then the social security, the 2200 is just going to her to pay her stuff, which is really not that much, but then she has some agency and you don't feel like you have to infantilize her 100%, just 85%. Right. That's exactly what's happening. And she actually just said to me, you know, it's kind of hard to make ends meet. And I said, <laughs> I'm really sorry for you. I said, I'm really sorry. You're going to have to figure it out. Oh, Donna, that is the moment where you could just easily snap. So you're so good. You are so good. Really, you are un. I don't think I don't think I can give you any advice except to say to give you like the hugest hug in the world because how hard this must be for you. Your siblings should also be thrilled that you're taking care of this. They know that this money's going to go away. They know that like basically because your mom's healthy, right? She's pretty healthy, yeah. All right. So, you know, she could live for 15 years. You're going to spend all the money down. Right. Okay. So, the only thing that would I would say is this. You want to have 2 years of that you know, of that money, you have it, you have like three years, four years in the money market. But as the CD ladder comes due, and as those CDs come due, you know, you're probably not going to be able to invest any of this money. You may five, eight years from now be saying to yourself, hmm, let me just give Jill a call and make sure that I have the money that you need for the following two years should always be in cash. And so if you're running through and you've got your last CD coming due and there's no money, you go into that taxable account and you start draining it. You just have to. And at some point it's going to be okay or it's not. And then you guys, thankfully the kids are going to kind of be done. You guys are going to have to make a decision about like, well, is mom moving in with us? It, are we, are, you know, what are we going to do? You are not there. You have enough money, you know, essentially 25 grand a year. 
you know, you're going to be okay for some years. So we're going to have to see where she goes. I mean, if your husband is sainted, I am not of the uh, Christian or Catholic faith, faith. So what happens after you become a saint? Because that's what would have to happen with your husband. I know, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. And we're uh, we're hoping that interest rates go down because, of course, this all happened at the height of it all. Yeah, I know. We can refinance because we never really wanted this investment property and actually take her rent down. Okay. Well, look, you'll be able to refinance in the next group of years. You really will be. I don't want – I mean, there's a um, – the seduction is, oh my God, it's 7.6%. Let me take the money that's in the cash and pay off all of the mortgage, but you shouldn't. No. We need that. We need access to our cash. Yeah. And you, you guys cannot pull out of your accounts right now. Let's keep this clean for as long as we can. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, there may be a time where you guys have to start paying for something and it'll suck. Okay. And it will not be using her money. Let's get to that when we get to that. I don't, I, I do think for your own planning purposes, just because you're both young and you're both working, what would be helpful is you guys should have a little extra money in cash, not so much this second, but like in five years, you'll want to have a little pool of money that's like, just in case for mom. And then you're going to have to make a decision. Like, can she stay on her own? Like, is that something she can do? Is she fully capable of like taking care of herself. You know, you'll have to make different decisions with the information you have at the time. You've been, it is, I mean, really, it is an incredible gift. I almost feel like, you know, there probably wasn't anything to do, but for all of us who are watching aging parents, right? You have that moment where you're like, oh my God, I'm taking care of everything. And it's like a pain in the ass. Clearly it is such, it's like a burden and it's hard. And then you say, well, all right, they took care of us. Okay. That's how you do like your next step of like, there's your, okay, I can, I can sort of get through this, but then you cut to the other side of that and you're like, okay, but like, but I was a child, <laughs> they're an adult and that's not, that's the part that's the disconnect. Like someone says to me, well, you know, they took care of me my whole life. I'm like, okay, but that's like the job of a parent. It's, so your mom sounds like she has found the religion. However, when she says things like, uh, I don't have that much money. You say, I think that the answer is, oh, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, not like tough tarts, mom, but like, yep, I know. It's like, it's a bummer because of all those choices you made for those 25 years. That's a drag. I get it. That must be a drag for you, mom, which is easy for me to say. I'd be like snapping my no, mom's head I'm, off. Listen, I'm, I'm, I have no problem saying that. I mean, I, you know, the resentment comes in is that my husband and I both came from like, He's very self-made. He grew up, you know, single mom, loans through school, all of that. And we got ourselves here. Like we taught ourselves money. And so we don't want to jeopardize everything we've worked so hard for to, you know, to support her. You know, I was just talking to somebody actually at Fidelity and I was asking them, like, do you have an expert in like intergenerational planning? We had this funny conversation because um, I really want to talk about this so much more on the pod because I feel like people are dealing with this both up a generation and down a generation that, you know, we see these reports that like, oh, you know, some bizarre number of, of parents are taking care of like are still paying money towards their 20 and 30 somethings, you know, whereas like I grew up, I was lucky. I grew up in a family with money, but I never took money from my parents after I graduated from college ever. Ever like that would be like I would be like oh no way you no. just didn't do it <laughs> so it's very generational like oh and 
I know. So before the young ones do write in, yes, I grew up with a family with money. So I was lucky. I had a safety net. I graduated into a good job market. And we have, we are uh, in your fifties. So if you're like Gen X, boomer, Gen X and older millennials, yes, we caught great waves in the economy. We get all that, but we still did like never in a million years would you go to your parents because it just wasn't really done no. unless you had been kind of a screw up. And now it's done constantly. So I guess that the the lesson here is that when you have a, a a sudden death, it is good perhaps to insert yourself and say to a parent, if they're willing, again, your mom may not have been willing, hey, mom, can I come with you to that financial advisor's office? In some respects, I think that it's almost like medical. Like when my mother's like, I'll go to the doctor myself. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Like either my sister or I go to every single doctor's appointment with my mother now because we're not sure that she's actually going to hear every single thing that's said to her. And so maybe that's the lesson for all of us as we're in our 50s is that we start to say to our parents, you know what, just like in healthcare, it's hard to like capture everything. I'll be the note taker. I'll keep my mouth shut. I'll be the note taker. Yeah. I mean, I did the first year, you know, the first year it happened and then it just kind of slowly unraveled from there. And the, you know, you could tell she was grief shopping. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. What can there's not much you can do when she's 53. I mean, if someone no. right now how I was going to spend my money, I certainly would tell him to take a hike. I had this with a friend of mine who is a widow, and she literally uh, said to me, as it turns out, distraction from my grief is very expensive. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> and that has to stop. That has to stop. Yeah. So, all right, Donna, you're doing a great job. Okay, Saint, thank you. Saint, Saint Donna's husband, we're going to give him a special, he gets some sort of crown, not a crown of thorns, like a crown, a real crown. He gets it. Um, it sounds like he, it sounds like you know that. So that's wonderful. Yeah, I took, I took him on a cruise in j- January, just the two of us to like, regroup and relax from this trauma of the past six months. It's a lot. It is a lot. And I cannot thank you enough for sharing it. If you need anything else along the way, of course, but you don't need anything. You're perfect. You're amazing. You've done a great job. Okay, um, And congratulations for doing that. And I'm sorry you had to do that, you know, kind of both. Thank you. Well, I'm glad to hear that I'm doing it right. Cause I just, it's hard to know, like, am I, is the cash where it's supposed to be? Like, did yep. I think that through correctly? And- you did. You're, you're, you should be a financial planner. You did a great job. Better than the Edward Jones guy with 17 mutual funds. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Hang, hang in there, girl. Um, we're, we are absolutely rooting for you. And uh, it's, uh, it, these situations are becoming more and more common, gang. So try to have a conversation with your parents. We are going to bring someone on to talk about some of this intergenerational planning, because I feel like it is something that so many people are confronting, whether it's your adult children that you're supporting and you're trying to create really smart and responsible next generation, or it's your older generation and you're worried and you're taking, we hear from you all the time. So let us know if you're in a situation like Donna's and we can try to help you out. If so, just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you want to come on the air. We'll walk you through it. While you're on the website, don't forget to sign up for the free weekly newsletter and check out all the great content that lives there. You can subscribe to this program on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. And hey, let's put our hands metaphorically on Donna's back. My God, is she unbelievable. 
she's doing a great job, or anyone else you think needs a little bit of a virtual hug. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.